So we are talking today to Chris and Molly at Hope Church, and you guys are here to talk about the Inspire Media Conference that's coming up here at Hope. What What is the Inspire Media Conference about? Uh, the Inspire Media Conference is a a conference um, for churches, but it's also a, a conference for media and film production pro- professionals uh, in the Mid-South. Um, but it is to focus on motion graphics, video production, and social media, uh, and also digital strategy. And so these are some of the things that really doesn't give it, get enough attention in the Memphis market. Uh, in order to get a lot of these workshops and professional development uh, training, you got to go to Nashville or Chicago or New Orleans uh, or, you know, even the West Coast. Uh, the NAB conference is in Vegas every year. And so it's almost like a, a waste of resources not to just bring people here uh, because there are a lot of people who kind of need some of these uh uh, I guess, uh, some of these skills and resources. Absolutely. I see a lot of those conferences, like like you said, online in different places. But the fact that you're doing the different workshops, that's a lot of a lot of value. Um, and you said it's not just for people who work in church. It's for anybody. No, no. The genesis, the very beginning of this conference, you know, when I did it last year. So this is the second year for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last year, there was a focus on developing an effective media ministry. That was the core. Uh, I did four seminars on that. And so every session, it will be a different group of people that I would do that presentation to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there are questions. We are doing that uh, workshop again, uh, in addition to, I don't know, uh, 25 other courses. Right, right. Um, but um, I'm doing that again because there are churches that either uh, they don't know how to build a volunteer base, they don't know how to kind of be, you know, build a professional development training kind of program for their staff, uh, uh, and some just don't even really know how to to hire the right person to fill the role that they need or what even that role should look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, some of my experiences contracting with churches even before I came to work for Hope uh, and then working with small businesses who's, who's, who's basically, they, they basically have small production companies with inside of their business. Um, a lot of times they'll, they'll try to build a, a system where they can still get media out without hiring a production company, which in, in actuality we've got a, panel discussion on that Thursday where we mm-hmm. talk about that issue, when to hire out, when to contract out, and when to when to hire somebody within, knowing when that breaking point is. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, a lot of the same issues that small businesses deal with, small production companies and companies that really aren't in media who have to deal with media, yeah. uh, we'll be tackling a lot of those, tack- tackling a lot of those issues uh, and questions. And you can ask directly to some of the some of the best, the best in the industry. Yeah, and I was looking at some of the different workshops. You said there are twenty-five to choose. Oh, there from. are actually more. I was just kind <laughs> really? of a round number because okay. I, I keep adding. When, once I once I speak to um, once I speak to some of the workshop leaders, and I realize the value that they have. Uh, like Andy Dean, who is he's a member at Bellevue, and so he's got a, a film studio here. And and what he gets asked all the time because he's got. You know, $100,000 cameras and, you know, $50,000 lenses and his whole package could be like a quarter of a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but then he's always asked by people like, okay, so how do I get in the game? <laughs> like, right. Because I know I can't afford that, mm-hmm. but what can but give what me... what can I do? Right. And mm-hmm. so his, his course that talks about, you know, what's a cheap camera, what's an expensive camera, the really cool thing about that is like, no matter where you are, he can walk you through it. And then he's got a, he's got a heart to help. Mm-hmm. As a follower of Christ, wanting to, you know, teach and lead and, and help grow, you know, the, the mission. So. Mm-hmm. And then with freelancers, that was something that appealed to me. There's also, if you're not part of an agency, if you're, as they say, a solopreneur, you yeah. know, if you have your own thing going, <laughs> yeah. um, there's room for you as well. 
Oh, yeah. So uh, I guess when I started my business uh, back in, uh, man, when was that, 2007? Uh, for many years, I ran a business, and I, then I worked for two you know, Fortune 500 companies, and so I got to see different levels of producing and working with small businesses to large enterprises. Um, uh, freelancers, because they're not a large organization, they have to figure out, you know, one-man band, how to make it work. Right. And there are ways to do that with technology, um, but there is a point where the project is too big, and you need to know how to budget to hire help. Uh, and then knowing when not to purchase equipment um, and knowing when to rent it. And obviously, companies like Lens Rentals, who is uh, a partner and a sponsor, and, and they, they're here, they're going to be here for the expo. Uh, Friday's the expo luncheon. So they're going to have some time on stage where they'll run through some cameras and lenses and kind of show what, you know, what's new, what's hot. But, um, you know, there is an element uh, of the conference that really speaks to the, to the heart of the issues that freelancers have to deal with. Uh, and because I went through that, I know that they're going to, that when they, when they get here, that they're going to get value. And I, I, if you walk away every day with just one thing that, that changes the way you do business, right. uh, I think that's a complete value add. It's, it's worth the, uh, I think registration is 149, but if you do it before, if you register for the conference before August 12th, it's 119. Okay. So it's worth the 119. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. That definitely. Yeah. I was looking at the price versus, well, not versus, but I was looking at the price and the things that are being offered during the conference. And I'm, that's, it's a lot of value for not a lot, because I've seen other conferences in other cities where you're getting that much and the price, there's a huge difference oh, yeah. in the price. And that's so. hope. That's hope helping. That's hope allowing us to use the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you, if, if I had to rent a convention center or a hotel or you know, we're, you're looking at all of those uh, additional costs um, and even Diversified, who is a partner with us here, one of our vendors who has uh, helped us integrate technology into this church and the classrooms and the sanctuary uh, in our, our, our uh, South Hall. Um, they are they're supporting all the classrooms and the tech uh, so that way my team can still get that professional development. So. We're not having to run around and say, oh, so the HDTV screen, HDMI connection is not working. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're covering all that. So it, there, there are a bunch of partners and sponsors that, you know, have reduced, have, have made it possible for us to reduce the cost for actually, you know, just paying for um, so these great workshop leaders to come in. Um, and so if we didn't have all of that, then, yeah, you're looking at a $600 right. <laughs> registration. Easy, yeah, easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yes, Molly, I'm sorry that we've been sitting here not talking no, to you good. <laughs> but you are a production or media production specialist yeah. here at Hope. And so tell us about your job and also just what out of the, the things that are offered at the conference, what do you think you're interested in? Yeah. Personal interests, what's coming up, that type of stuff. Sure. So I am the media production specialist. I work a lot in After Effects and mm-hmm. I'm starting into the 3D world, which is really exciting for me. Uh-huh. Um, Chris is an awesome boss in that he wants me to excel Mm-hmm. and do the best that I can. So he pushes me and pushes my boundaries to learn. Uh-huh. And that's really awesome. That's great. Um, does, he so, let you, cause, does he let you experiment? Because, yeah. you know, sometimes how, since, well, I'm not a boss, but I know how <laughs> Chris is the boss in the room. <laughs> but sometimes managers will say, experiment, try things out, and then mm-hmm. they don't really mean it. Is it sounds like Chris means it when he says yeah, it. Yeah, he really does. Like, that's good. He will kind of just not really give me ideas sometimes and just be like, I don't know. What do you think? You can figure it out. And Uh he's right. It, like, takes that to get it out of me, and it's 
been really helpful for my learning process. That's great. That's yeah. Great. So I also edit videos here and work on scripts. And I just love being part of the team mm-hmm. because I was a freelancer for a little bit. Mm. And all of the stuff that he was talking about, um, all the struggles, it made me give up just because mm-hmm. it was way too overwhelming. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited that we have the conference just because I know that that is going to be really helpful for all the people in Memphis that are doing it. Right, the creative community, film and photography and just all the things. It's just a strong community. Yeah, there's a ton of us. Okay, so tell me about what's going to be happening on those two days. All right, so there are several workshops um, that we're going to be having, uh, some that are strategically for freelancers. Uh, there's one that Ron Harlan is teaching. Actually, two that probably would be specifically for freelancers, but one is profiting from video created in Photoshop. Mm. And so some people don't even realize you can actually create yeah, video I didn't in Photoshop. Know that. Did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would think After Effects, and because I don't know After Effects. Right. Um, that's what I thought that that was for. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. more so. Well, okay. So that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> Tell me about... For people, the non-technical people or people who are wanting to learn, like, what is After Effects for? And then you split split those be- <laughs> between the difference between Photoshop and After Effects for, for anybody who wants to know. Yeah. Um, so I can try to answer this. <laughs> Again, learning here. Uh-huh. Um, but Premiere would be mostly video stuff. And then if you're trying to make, like, a promo video, like for the conference, you could go into After Effects and take whatever poster we have for mm-hmm. Inspire Media and take it apart and make it move and have motion and animate mm-hmm. so that it can be more eye-catching and value-adding. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Mm-hmm. Just, I'm sure there's more. Yeah, the reason I ask is because there are just so many... There are so many layers, like, when it comes to media ministry and the different things that you can do and the different things that people can specialize in, Mm -hmm. and people just have no idea. And so you're saying at the conference, Chris, that there are, there will be workshops for all of these different, Mm -hmm. for a lot of different areas. Yeah, there will be workshops for uh, people who want to understand how to work with people on camera. And when I say people on camera, I mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) non-actors, like how to work with regular, real people on cameras. And there's actually, Amy DeLuise has a book about that that she's Mm -hmm. bringing with Mm -hmm. her, but she's doing that, that, that course. Um, When you, so when you say people on camera, do you mean people working, working the camera or working? Okay. Like just like like, being recorded. Okay. Because a lot of times you're, when you're having to film something, or even if you're working like on set and like with Mm -hmm. Mm non-actors, so there's non-actors and then there's people who are just being interviewed, how to make them feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. active listening, you know, those types of Mm -hmm. skills that aren't naturally kind of taught right. in a classroom in like college or something, right? Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, she's really, she's really good about that. And emotional marketing, like that's not even, I don't know if you've ever been to Graham Newell's website, 602communications.com, no, but uh, he is, he's one of the best of the best in regards to emotional marketing. Hmm. Um, I, <laughs> I always use this example of a, of a, a truck. Like if you're t- doing a truck commercial, like for Ford, Mm-hmm. Like to make an emotionally, because people think emotional videos are like you have to make them cry or you may have to make them laugh, right? It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, it's, that, that's it, but it's not really it. It's like mm-hmm. giving an emotion or personality to a product or a service, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can make a truck feel like manly. Or, right, uh, knowing who your audience right. is and, and so, the emotion you need to evoke in right, them. Right, and so, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and so some of that stuff is what Amy can kind of will be talking about in addition to, she'll be partnering with Rod Harlan on a couple of different sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there is a uh, there's a session Rod Harlan's doing. Uh, this is directed more for freelancers, but it's creating your best highlight reel. Mm. And so elements, uh, ways to edit, uh, elements that you can use. Mm. Uh, may speak a little bit about my motion graphics and After Effects, but it is an editing. It is an editing mm-hmm. session. And for highlight reel, what is is it for? Highlight reel for film, for commercials, for what what specific area? Uh, a highlight reel to get more work. Okay. Uh, Just, or mm-hmm. or uh, to get a, to get a job or to present yourself uh, better on your website. Okay. Uh, so just showing all the different things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a session on DaVinci Resolve. Uh, for editors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Scott Simmons is, like I said, one of the best editors, uh, especially in teaching editing. Mm-hmm. But DaVinci Resolve is becoming really, really popular in the industry right now because, A, it's free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can download and edit HD stuff. Uh, but then also DaVinci Resolve, and uh, you know, at its birth, was a color grading. Colors, colors use it all the time. Okay, that's not a program I've heard before. Mm-hmm. So, it, uh, so are you familiar with color grading? I'm familiar with it, oh, the okay. term. With the term. <laughs> uh, so you can tell me more about oh, it. Oh, yeah, so... so you know, a lot of films look great, like when they're mm-hmm. shot with all these, you know, twenty, fifty thousand dollar lenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where the magic really happens is in adding uh, color uh, and some special effects. Uh, there's some, there's a feature in DaVinci Resolve where you can, uh, well, it will automatically track it and rotoscope it, and so that way you can. You can smooth somebody's skin out without mm-hmm. blurring like the eyelashes or mm-hmm. mustache, and so it's 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 something that can be be done in the color grading part of the software. Okay. But the like I said, DaVinci Resolve is an editor that's just robust and powerful, mm. and, it, and it's in its own right now. But it didn't all it couldn't always do that, mm-hmm. and so it's intriguing to video professionals now because, like I said, you can you can stay in the project the whole time. Mm. You can edit it. You can do your sound. You can do your special effects. They have an element that's mm-hmm. very similar to motion graphics mm-hmm. and After Effects mm-hmm. uh, that can be done in that system. So it's it's kind of like how Final Cut Studio flipped the world upside down. Is you got all this stuff, DVD authoring and video editing. Right. It's all in. There's five different pieces of software in this one package. But that now is a big deal to not now, have to take do a project, save it, take it to another. another pro- yeah. Yeah. Now another everything program. Everything is in one piece of software. Yeah, that's a big now. deal. And so that totally has changed uh-huh. the game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so with the different workshops, um, is there anything that people need to bring? Is it just, or you got, once you register, you're good? I, I would suggest bringing your laptop with any of the software that you're interested in. Okay. Because if they show a technique or a trip uh, or a tip in a class, you may want to just pop your laptop out real quick and see if you can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then if you have trouble with it, then ask yeah. the question. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I can't get it to work. And then you'll be surprised how many instructors will walk over to your table and say, hey, well, no, you did this, this, or you didn't do this right, or this uh-huh. keyframe is off, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, the uh, panel luncheon uh, with S- Scott Simmons, Amy DeLuise, and Rod Harlan they are specifically talking. This is that Thursday, mm-hmm. and you can buy you can buy a registration just for the lunch. And if you know you okay. only have a lunch break, mm-hmm. you can just pay. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember what it it's is. Forty nine. Forty nine dollars. Forty nine. Okay. Just for the luncheon. That's really uh, great. I'm very impressed with this in-house. price. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. everything that we're getting. Oh, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But managing your in house video um, uh, and social media team versus contracting it out. So they're going to have mm-hmm. that discussion: when to do it, when not to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they, they, they've had to work with a bunch of different uh, uh, businesses mm. that are, they've had to struggle with when to do it and when not to do it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So they're, they're going to be pretty good about that. That's a good question, because a lot of times or that in the experiences that I've had, 
there will be people who know that we need something, but we don't know. Yeah, we just don't know like what we have inside and outside and what we need to hire and what just what the skill set is. And so that that's a great discussion to have. Now, there will be some tech stuff for, you know, all those, uh, you know, tech geeks like me out there. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But all the stuff that would, I guess, would bore some people, diversified, who is our, like I said, technical integrator. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they're they going to be talking about and bringing some, like, large display options, LED screens and projectors and, mm. you know, that type of stuff. Um, okay. You yeah. mentioned an expo. Yeah, what, so um... Friday is the expo luncheon. And it's mm-hmm. different than the panel discussion luncheon in that, we will have three presenters that will get on stage. Lens Rentals is one of them and mm-hmm. kind of demo products to the large audience. Mm-hmm. But around the room during the luncheon, you're free to get up and walk around and mm-hmm. go to different booths and tables. Okay. Well, they'll have, you know, other different products. Uh, mm-hmm. WSN Live is becoming a, I, I would say a player. Uh, they are a, a streaming service that does it a little differently than some of the more expensive, popular players out there. Right now, they're very popular with uh, sports uh, schools and sports and being able to stream people's like football games and then have a playlist and an archive. Mm-hmm. But that's a that's a service that they just got picked up by 13 news stations. Oh, wow. And so it's they're, they're kind of, they're making it easier to search and sort uh, in a system that's more reliable with a higher quality stream. Mm. Uh, and they're a, they're a local company right here in, I believe, Carville. Oh, okay. And so, I, you know, I just thought, you know, they, they've allowed us to demo some stuff, and mm-hmm. um, I just thought they were going to be a great addition. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I try my best I can to work with some local vendors. Not that other vendors aren't great, mm-hmm. but uh, I think the majority of the uh, the people who are coming uh, would love to actually use some of the service and, uh, you know, you know, help the Memphis market out. Definitely, definitely. Are there any other ones you want to highlight? Um Angela Green, who is an attorney here in Memphis, uh, is going to have a session on music licensing, why it's important. Ooh, that's um, a good one. Yeah, why it's important <laughs> to license music and which agreements and where to find music. That's um, a great discussion yeah. to have. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then we will be doing a film screening uh, of Reclaim, Rejoice, uh, Reflect. I'm sorry, Reflect, Reclaim, Rejoice, Preserving the Gift of Black Sacred Music. Uh, Andy Dean was the director of photography on that film produced by United Methodist Church. Uh, mm-hmm. I cannot remember the filmmaker's name right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, Alfred Woodard is the voiceover, the narrator for mm-hmm. the project. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very well done. And not just cinematography, but the motion graphics. And the fact that Andy's here teaching a class, I just thought mm-hmm. it would be great to kind of re-release that film. Definitely. Yeah, free, Definitely. free screening. You don't even have to get a... Yeah, it's going to be that Friday at 4 o'clock, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Friday at 4 o'clock. It's, like I said, there's no charge. Uh, I just think it's going to be a great film for people to kind of see storytelling, how some of these mm-hmm. uh, gospel uh, songs have become like benchmarks. of. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, That's a great story. So, mm-hmm. so th- just these two days are just going to be packed. Packed. <laughs> Eight to five, you will be somewhere, uh-huh. um, you know, it, anywhere. I mean, you could, you could mess up and miss a class because you get stopped in the foyer by a... Uh, by a vendor. So this conference is a great opportunity to um, look below the surface of not just the tip of the iceberg, but to be able to see mm-hmm. the rest of it. Does Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. Until, like the deeper you right. get into it, you figure out, oh, I, I don't I know need that. to know that. And I need to know that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm cool. really excited. I'm only 23. I don't know a lot of things. So mm-hmm. this is a great opportunity for me. Okay. So are you still in school or you've graduated? I actually have not gone to school. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been self-taught in video okay. and 
Um, I started out in graphic design and mm-hmm. photography. Um, and then Chris is an awesome boss and he's pushing me to learn. Do and you so, have do you have things that you're kind of veering towards? I know you just said that you're right. in After Effects and editing. But are those is it looking like those are the things that you want to yeah to I guess specialize in or focus more most of your efforts on? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got this job, I was like really just into video and not into After Effects as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I'm learning and diving into After Effects in the 3D world, that's like something that I really want to do more of. Mm-hmm. And visual effects is kind of secretly becoming a passion of mine. So that's something that this job has taught me a lot. Okay, so speaking of your job, um, you guys tell me about, well, you told me about what you do. Chris, tell me about just what the what a media job at Hope, what does that mean? What do you guys do? Because I think the reason I'm asking is because a lot of people, if they don't work in church or if they don't work in the faith-based media space, they don't know, they don't know what we do. They don't know, you know, what we do on the days that aren't Sundays or what it takes to make a Sunday happen. So if you guys could talk a little bit about that. Um, so every church, the, the media ministry and organization is completely different. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I true. talk about in my in my sessions is that uh, you can't just say, hey, a media director needs to do this, this, and this, or a media production specialist needs to do this, 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 and this. Uh, when I was the art director at Fox 13, um, I got in a kind of a, all the art directors in the Fox stations that were owned by Fox Network, mm-hmm. we'd get on like a conference call every now and again. And then when I would visit a city like Birmingham, I'd stop in and I'd meet the art director. Mm-hmm. So we all technically had the same title, but the art director in Birmingham was more print media based. Mm-hmm. The art, art, art director in um, Kansas City was more uh, motion graphics. Uh, and then uh, I, I was motion graphics, but I was... Um, I would I assisted in a lot of the promos, which won a lot of the Emmys, mm-hmm. uh, and so um, my motion graphics a lot were more special effects, as I learned, as I come to find out. Okay. I didn't have any formal training in motion graphics either. Okay. I was actually an English major in college, huh. <laughs> but so um, but when I got down here to Memphis, um, uh, I was really I guess gifted in Photoshop. And so as the art director transitioned out, that position became available and the creative services director uh, thought that, you know, I would just have a gift and a talent and he spotted the talent. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of taught me After Effects and then they kind of, what I do with her sometimes, oh, you'll figure it out. (laughs) That's that's what they did with me. Uh Uh, Okay. And so I'll say all that to say that, um, uh, you know, when, when we look at churches and what we do, um, the first thing you got to ask is, you know, A, what's the mission of the church? And then you have to create a mission for your media ministry. Because mm-hmm. when you have a mission for your media ministry, that answers a lot of questions about, you know, how to approach something. I give it, I've given an example before of a Bible study that is PowerPoint heavy or ProPresenter heavy. And if there is a, uh, a misspelling or if there is a... Um, if there's some tech issue with a projector or LED screen or whatever you use, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if your mission tells you that the message is more important, then you just turn off all the technology. Mm. You don't become a distraction. You always want to be a value add. Uh, but some some churches uh, have built it so their technology is the central point. Right. And I'm not saying that's I'm not saying anything is wrong. I'm just saying uh-huh. you just have to know the core of what you who you are and the core of what your ministry needs to, you know, remember when trying to accomplish goals. Mm -hmm. Because if you know what your goals are, decisions that may seem difficult become a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they're all pointing to whatever that mission is. exactly. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so I always like to sit kind of one-on-one and kind of get a sense of, you know, what you can't assume a church does something one way. Okay. So Chris, tell me about your background. Cause okay. So I met you, God, 10, maybe 10, 15 years ago at this it point. Be at least 20, <laughs> 2009, 2010. I, I really, I think it might've, okay. It may have been then or we're, I don't know. I remember if I met you at Fox 13 or if it was after. I think that you were. So I, I had my business in South Haven, uh, and I want to say one of my employees may have known a salesperson at Fox Thirteen because I think mm-hmm. I had left Fox Thirteen by the time you kind of made some connections with people. Okay. Uh, I think because uh, Mike well, Sellers I interned was the there. Name. I interned there at, in two thousand six. Were you there in two thousand six? I left in. 2006, the very end, like October, November of 2006. Okay. And I interned in the spring, so it would have been like January to May, okay. I believe. So we oh, may, have overla- mm-hmm. oh, okay. may have overlapped a little oh, yeah, bit. Yeah, may have been there. Yeah. Was okay. Faith Siphoning there when you were there? I remember Faith. I don't remember her last name. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah. I met you in that. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Okay. My right. Bad. You're right. Well, okay, so I met you because at that time I was pursuing my career as a television reporter and I needed some resume tapes and I had the the tapes, but I or I had my tape, but I need or maybe it was a DVD at that time, I don't even remember. But mm-hmm. I needed copies of whatever it was that okay. I had. <laughs> and you that's that's some that's how I remember getting connected to you in okay. some way. I gotcha. Um but yeah, you've had so your career, you know, you've had a, a long successful career so if you could talk about just how you got to this point mm-hmm. wow <laughs> how far back do that we is go? a very long story <laughs> um wow all right so when i was eight okay <laughs> <laughs> let's fast oh, forward no. a little bit but, but no but that's a, that's an important part of the story really okay uh, so when i was eight my church was invited to be background actors in roots the mm-hmm. movie the roots the gift uh-huh. Uh, so it was filmed in, in the Nashville area, Hermitage, uh, Andrew okay. Jackson's home. Did not know that. Uh, and so that was 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one of my heroes at that time was like LeVar Burden from yes. Reading Rainbow, right? Everybody loves LeVar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and so I got, you know, his autograph, Louis Gossett Jr. Uh, and then on set, I'm seeing the world because it was hot. It was mm-hmm. like basically summertime. Yeah. Uh, school hadn't quite let out yet, but it was like burning up. But we were supposed to make it f- look like it was winter because mm-hmm. that's when the, you know, the that, that roots, that part of this, uh, the story was being told. Uh-huh. And so it just blew my mind, um, you know, us with all these hot clothes on uh, and fake snow coming from the sky, mm-hmm. a big, huge Hollywood dolly track with three people on it. And then, like, all this stuff looked like it was upside down. And when I saw the film with my church family, mm-hmm. remembering, like, how it actually looked, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. that set day. And so that was my first introduction to, like, film and media. Wow, that's yeah. a good start. Yeah. That's a great start. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then fast forward to uh, my eighth grade year. Um, seventh grade, I went to a... a uh, junior Wright Middle School in Nashville, and then mm-hmm. so I you're kinda, not originally from Memphis. No, no, no okay. I'm from Nashville. No, so it's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I, I'm not gonna say I got in a lot of trouble, but like but. I got I got frisked a few times by police officers, and I wasn't mm-hmm. like selling dope, but I was hanging with a, a wrong Chris. some guys that weren't really like. <laughs> you know, putting me in the best situation. Mm, that sounds like a whole nother podcast that, we that, could talk that, about. That's right. So eighth grade, uh, uh-huh. they introduced the arts magnet schools in the Nashville area, which mm-hmm. is now known as Nashville School of the Arts. Okay. 
And so my mom got me and my sister into that program. And so eighth grade, I started a new school with literally like 20 people. Mm-hmm. And we were a school with them. We were so small, we were actually based inside of another school. And they mm-hmm. let, us, let us have our regular classes. Then we stayed a period or two to have our creative classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was when I was first kind of introducing the tech stuff. And then my ninth grade year is when, like, there was, like, a mass media class and video production. And so that's when I, like, shot my first little film with a couple of my classmates <laughs> in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. But then 10th grade, and that was cool. You know, it was, hey, I'm in arts manual school. I'm, keep, I'm <clears> staying <throat> focused on doing something positive and creative. And I just had a creative gene. Mm-hmm. But my 10th grade year, they didn't have a teacher for me. And I was the only one kind of serious mm-hmm. about media production. And so that summer, I'll never forget Dan Easterly. He was actually the drama teacher mm-hmm. there. Um, he taught my brother in middle school, and he remembered me. He was like, man, there's no t- we got to figure out something for us. So he was, he was determined to, like, find me some type of program that summer. Mm-hmm. And he found the Media Workshops of America on UCLA's campus. Mm. And so they paid for everything, and wow. I flew to to Los Angeles and we stayed on UCLA's campus for a media workshop and we visited the LA Times went to USC's film school I got to see um, George Lucas's like first student film wow uh, and so, so and this was when you said when you were in tenth grade yeah six sixteen years 16, old and then I mm-hmm. flew back across the country by myself and mm-hmm. and just that kind of exposure yeah kind of shifted like my focus right mm-hmm. and so from tenth eleventh and twelfth grade mm-hmm. you know I was I was the media guy. I was uh-huh. shooting everything. I was capturing everything, tape mm-hmm. to tape, editing, you know, and uh, back back then, you know, learning as much as I could and working at the, uh, the public access station was at the school. Mm-hmm. But when I graduated, they had moved to Nashville State Tech. Mm-hmm. And so the executive director at Community Access saw how gifted and talented, I guess he assumed I was. And he was <laughs> like, hey, you want a job? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> so. Sure, all four years, I went to Fisk University, like I said, and pursuing an English degree, mm-hmm. and I played college basketball, but mm-hmm. he always worked around my schedule, and I got to work in the studio, master control, mm-hmm. uh, teach and train uh, new producers that wanted to join Community Access Television, so I'm teaching about cameras and editing and lights, and this light does this, mm-hmm. and so uh, as much as I was teaching, I was still kind of learning, because in order to teach it, I had to learn it. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, and then... Um, so where did the English major come from, if... You because I wanted to be a mass comm major, okay. but Fisk did not have a major for media. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And to be honest, the reason why I went to Fisk is because the athletic director at the time, my senior year in high school, um, his son was my assistant basketball coach. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, you want to play college basketball? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Definitely, <laughs> so, if you yeah. can, if you have that opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, you know, I produced my own show called Fisk TV, and uh-huh. that, that gave me a whole new respect for producing because it's not just showing up with the camera. It's like, okay, we have to write scripts. We have to get the talent. We have to conduct these interviews. Mm-hmm. And so it was, mm-hmm. it was active listening. It was storytelling. It was figuring out how we're going to tell this story in this certain amount of time and keep people's attention. Mm-hmm. And so it was, a, it was a constant learning and relearning how to do stuff. Some, some stuff self-taught, but I got to see a lot of, man, just professionals even in the public access level. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sophomore, no, going into my junior year at Fisk, uh, the Fox station in Nashville had a production assistant position available that was 
production assistant, part-time graphic artist. Mm-hmm. So I could do both, work in the studio and work in the graphics department. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so technically, I was working at two TV stations playing college basketball while pursuing my English degree. Wow. wow. Know, when did you sleep? When now, did you well, I mean, you know, in? who needs sleep, right? Who needs that yeah. for you? No. Uh, so that was, I guess I was... Uh, 2021? Oh my goodness. No, oh no, is that right? Yeah, 1920. No, 20, I don't know, somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really didn't need as much sleep then. No, I, no, I need it. I can't do, I can't go like I did when I'm <laughs> exactly. in my 20s. So, so I get it. So, yeah. But when I graduated, mm-hmm. though, like the day that I graduated, mm-hmm. I literally, I didn't think much about graduation. It's like, cool, yeah, we're done. And so, it like, literally, when the graduation was over, I hopped in the car and, and I had a shift to work at the public access station. So, huh. I was like, I got to go. Let me go. And okay. I didn't think much of it, but it was mm-hmm. that, and, and, and I believe that's what I really learned in college was that um, there's well, I guess my fraternity taught this more than anything, but uh-huh. my fraternity taught me that um, the the poem that we had to learn was uh, it was a line in there that said, "Tired moments find me a delightful treat." Mm. And so you know, going through the process and trying to figure out what that meant, I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. But you know, at the end of it, and, and the close relationship I had with my brothers, it was like, mm. you're if you use every bit of your day and you get so much stuff done, you should be tired. Mm-hmm. And then when you're tired, you realize how much you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. And so you should find joy, a delightful treat. You should yeah. find joy in that. So mm-hmm. tired moments find me a delightful treat. Mm-hmm. And so it just reminded me not to waste my day. Don't max, you know, right. maximize your day. Every mm-hmm. second, you don't realize how much you can get done in a day. Yeah. Right, right. Especially if it's the good kind of tired where it's yeah. like, man, I look back and I think about even look back over years or over, like you said, just days. Yeah. If it's the good kind, it's always great to mm-hmm. be able to do that. And so this was only, you said, when you were in your early 20s. Yeah. So by the time I was 23, I was Um, art director of Fox 13. I need to catch up. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, like, I literally graduated the next year. I was hired at Fox as a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. And then three months later, that art director left, and Mm -hmm. then they promoted me to the art director. Okay. So it was And then, so from Fox 13, did you go from, from Fox 13 to here, to Hope? Uh, I did, but this is my second time at Hope. Oh, okay. So, okay. 2006, I was I left Fox, mm-hmm. um, and then came to Hope, and I was here mm-hmm. for six months. And then the there was an article that came out on the front page of the business section about me. It was a big picture of me uh-huh. uh, creating <laughs> better. Was the name of CB Video and Design was the name of the business that I kind of started in a small room in South Haven City, uh-huh. uh, a small office, and. Um, you know, uh, some lady walked in, Leslie Young, and said, hey, how are you doing? So I was like, cool. And she, she said, hey, those are some Emmys. So she, Tell me about them. I was like, oh, <laughs> right. I'll tell you about Yes, yeah, so I did this and this and this and blah, blah, blah. So I'm telling her all this stuff. And then she's like, hey, so I'm a reporter with a commercial appeal. And I was like, oh, oh do you oh, want to lead with that? <laughs> right. So I think she came for another reason and then okay. popped in my office. Oh, okay. Because uh, there are other, you know, businesses in that um, uh, office space where I rent it. Okay. And so once that article hit it wasn't like I wanted to leave hope but it was like I got so many calls oh yeah. okay and so I okay. was like okay if I'm gonna go into business full-time this is probably yeah, right iron is hot right mm-hmm. one of those moments mm-hmm. and so I did that for like five years mm-hmm. uh and you know I, I learned a lot from a lot of my clients I did mm-hmm. projects for uh Eddie George um mm-hmm. the uh Great American Home Store was a big mm-hmm. client mm-hmm. Uh, for me um the uh, Toyos Clinic, uh, and, you know, he ran for 
Senate, so I did his Senate stuff. And mm-hmm. so there, there were just a bunch of different businesses that believed in me or believed in the product that they, you know, they just kept investing in me. Uh, as a young business owner, I realized, though, that although the work was good, you got to learn how to run the business. Right. And I think, you know, that helped me even how, even how we I run the department here at Hope. Mm. Um you know, when to purchase something or not and look at mm-hmm. budgets and all that type of stuff. And one of the mm-hmm. huge mistakes I made, and I'll tell freelancers all the time, is uh, diversify your your work. Right. If you mm-hmm. only do, I don't know, weddings or if you only do retail companies like car dealerships or, um, you know, furniture stores, you know, those are credit-based. And mm-hmm. so the biggest struggle that I had is when the economy tanked, mm-hmm. when people were relying on credit and they couldn't get credit, they couldn't buy stuff. And right. so businesses mm-hmm. that relied on credit uh, for sales weren't getting sales. So one of the mm-hmm. first things they could is production. Yeah. 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 And so... Just uh, like in schools when arts, when you think looking at budgets, arts is yeah. <laughs> it's one of the first things to go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've heard other people say who who do freelance or have their own business, they'll say that they couldn't go back to working for anybody else. They consider themselves unemployable. They're like, at this point, I don't even know how I could work for somebody else. Or, you know, so how did you make that switch? Um, I went to, um, man, this is going to be kind of tough to answer. So, I mean, bottom line, it comes down to, you know, needing a livelihood and do what you have to do. I went and worked for a large security company that's like the second largest in the world, right? Okay. Um, and they paid very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. Like I know there were some executive assistants that were making in six figures, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and multiple, right? So they yeah. paid you well over. But I didn't feel like I was being um, uh, being a, a good steward of the talent that, mm-hmm. that God had given me. So even when I left and they, you know, offered to raise my salary by $30,000, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't feel like this is where God wants me. Mm-hmm. And so I saw a posting for uh, a job back at Hope. And so mm-hmm. although I was going to take a huge pay cut, you know, the uh, the creative director at the time said, you know, I'll match what you're making. And that was good enough for me. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, then I came back here and then the heart of it, you know, like I said, I just a very, very gifted in, in, in storytelling and in, in motion graphics. And, and I think all those stuff, all those things are... Um, or a value add to the church, but it also was letting me know that God was using me the way he wanted me to, mm-hmm. to use my gifts and talents. And so, yeah. yeah, that's one thing that um, I feel like people don't realize, like the the talent that is not just with media, but in any department. There are people who, I mean, for lack of a better way to say it, it's kind of, oh, that's cute. You do that with your little church or that type of thing, but they don't know, you know, you have Emmys and you're self-taught and you know how to do specialized things, Molly. And so people don't realize, you know, that all of that is in there. Have you ever encountered anything, any kind of, uh, I guess, preconceived notions in that, in that way? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I think that I, when I go to like a, a major conference like NAB mm-hmm. um, and I'm in a workshop um, and, you know, you, you raise your hand, you ask questions, you kind of say, hey, yeah, I'm at blah, 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 church. Mm-hmm. Even the facilitator checks it in their head. Mm-hmm. 
they're with a church. They're not real video production people. Right, right. Uh, afterwards, you know, I'll have conversation with some zip mixers, and they get a perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, already, I don't even try to defend or explain myself because right. I kind of know who I am and kind of what I've been through. And that's the most important thing. And that's thing. the most important thing. But mm-hmm. gen- more often than not, when I ask the question that I want to ask, uh, it gives them pause, and they're like, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Why uh, did you ask that? You know, right. and so and then and then, and then I'll I'll present some things to them. We're like, yeah, well, have you considered this or that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in in dialoguing, having real genuine dialogue and conversation with people, that's when I think the respect is then met. Uh, and yeah, I, I we do get that that people kind of look down on church media. Oh, you're just a video volunteer. We have the, one of the best photographers in Memphis mm. who's a video volunteer. Mm. And when I say when I say the best photographer, he's like one of the most expensive <laughs> ph- photographers in the region. His mm. stuff looks amazing. Mm. And uh and it's because, you know, he he volunteers one he enjoys the community. Yeah. Um but he knows his gifts and talents are being used mm-hmm. to glorify God. And so I I just don't think all the preconceived notions Right. Matter. But I guess, right. you know, I've been, in, right. I've been in here long enough where I'm not worried about it. But right. Yeah, I mean, right. it exists. It does exist. And so in case anybody has listened to this whole conversation and for whatever reason, they still feel like, I don't know if that conference is for me. Can you just say, if if you do this, you should come to this conference. If you're a photographer, if you're a, a videographer, just kind of break it down for who, who all should be here. I got you. So if you are... Shoot! If you use media, <laughs> yes. If you use media, you should be a you should attend this conference. Uh, just to have a better understanding of how it works. But if you're a photographer, if you're a video editor, if you're a writer, if you're a producer, if you're a digital marketing strategist, uh, anything to do with uh, social or video production or uh, creative graphic design, all that stuff are thing. You know, all those things are things that are going to be covered uh, at the at the session. Small business owners. Even large businesses who have divisions of media, mm-hmm. I mean, there really isn't an area that media doesn't cover as it relates to business. Mm-hmm. If you have a business and you have a website, there's something here for you. 